if we get them to stop deportations for a hundred days and then have this audit, that is like open the floodgates for like everything that people have gone through over the last several years, looking at what was the impacts of the Muslim and African ban, looking at the impact of the border militarization, um, not only during the Trump administration, but before, yeah. um, and really get the immigrant rights movement and immigrant communities, like there's a little bit of light at the end of the tunnel. Um, and, and it's almost like, I kind of feel like it's smelling salts, um, a little bit of just like, cause people have been under such attack and they're just so tired. Wap, 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 wap is going on everybody in the ether. How are you? Welcome to the Bituation Room podcast live. Uh, that was a little hat tip to uh, the boss bitch, Bernie, uh, babe, Cardi B, who dropped WAP this week. No, we're not going to talk about it for the hour. Do I want to? A little bit. Yeah. Okay. If you've been listening to this show for, I don't know, all of its 40 episodes, you know that I'm a big Cardi B fan. Love her so much. Uh, and, uh, you know, watch the video alone. Just don't, um, you know. Do it in the privacy of your own home. Anyway, uh, I'm so glad you guys are here. Thank you for being here um, in this live stream. All the future people listening as a podcast, all the present people live in the present people. All right. <laughs> uh, it's a Sunday kind of brain right now. Um, hi, Andrew Darius on YouTube. John Ross on YouTube. Alicia on YouTube. Tom Will on Twitch. Sup, dude. Thank you for holding it down on the in the Twitch streamers. Um, once again, I will launch a channel of just me failing to do the same jump on uh, God of War or whatever game you guys play. I'm going to do that. It'll just be me streaming and like failing to even get to the bad guy because I've fallen on a jump you're supposed to make. It'll be great. Uh, we have such a good episode and show for you today. Zara Norbash is here, comedian, and so is Marissa Franco. We're talking about immigrant rights. We're talking about Bernie. We're talking about Biden. We're talking about that little clash, that little mesh of boomer madness and what's going to happen. We're talking about the post office and what the fuck is going on and why the administration is trying to systematically dismantle it and whether they're going to be successful. Oh, not if we take the streets for stamps. Do it. Um, we might have to do it. It'll, it'll be good. It'll be good. Um, so as always, this show is free. Um, cause like you got to give out free content, you know, give it out, give it out, give it out free, 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 more, more, more. Uh, you know, feed the Zuckerberg machine. In fact, on that note, uh, I wanted to let you know that we are going to be phasing out our Facebook live stream. All right. So all of you on Facebook right now, all of you, you know, Facebergs, all of you um, Zucker buddies, you gotta, you gotta make the move to YouTube. All right. Facebook is preying on us. They're electing authoritarians. I feel like I voted Duterte in the last election. I didn't even know that was an option. But we're moving only to YouTube. Uh, if you're listening to this as a podcast, rate this podcast five stars. Um, I'm back and forth with my announcements here. We're also on Twitch. I mentioned that before. Uh, sorry about that, Facebook. But just get over to YouTube. It's easy. It's it's the other giant 
tech conglomerate. Yeah, go over there. Um, but I was going to say, the show is free, and we take donations every single week, tips that help us stay afloat and also help out different organizations and grassroots work and struggle that we're trying to uplift. This week, because of the spread of COVID in correctional facilities, in prisons, with incarcerated populations, specifically in California, where it's been very rampant despite, you know, our Batman governor trying to do the right thing. Um, he's not. In fact, uh, he needs to be decarcerating, getting people out of prison. They're still there. They are at risk. They are in tight quarters. That has not changed. Um, it's a humanitarian crisis. So we're donating to Restore Justice, which is protecting the incarcerated community in California from COVID, getting people N95 masks, um, getting people soap, because I think you guys know there's uh, a shortage of soap as always. That's somehow a luxury, you know? Uh, you'd think it's a human right at this point. It should be for most people. And all the people who can afford soap never use it. You know what I'm saying? Anyway, um, I'm going to stop yammering alone and bring in two wonderful guests. Um, she is a comedian, a co-host of the podcast Good Muslim, Bad Muslim, writing essays featured in the New York Times and for NPR's Fresh Air with Terry Gross. This August, you can catch her on an upcoming episode of CNN's United Shades of America with W. Kamal Bell. Please welcome Zara Norbash. Hello. Welcome to my room. <laughs> it looks great. Just paint a Thank picture you. for the podcast people, Zara. It, it's Wow. Is that a chandelier? That's a chandelier right there. That's, that's my microphone chandelier. Nice. And a and, hot tub. Wow. Yeah, that's a hot tub. And I dip in it when I need ideas. Totes. totes. And obviously time travel because that's what, I mean, everybody. Is that like a Muslim thing? You're like, and we can time travel. <laughs> that's exclusive to Muslims. <laughs> that's, yeah. You have to be Muslim to time travel. That's really the only... <laughs> Uh, I've been moving all week, Zara, and um, I had a Russian mover, moving company. Not, I don't think the company was Russian, like it was in English, but all the movers were Russian. And uh, this one dude, just like as he's like holding a box of my stuff, was just like, you know, Donald Trump has a time machine. What? And he can uh, he can see into the Shut up, we did not say and that. I was like, uh-huh. Yeah, no, please. You're oh, yeah, dude, I'm going to tip real well. So why don't we just mm, not talk? like solidarity essential worker but you know it was, I it thought was it was going to go like he has a diaper that was like that meme he has covid oh, yeah. that was that but time travel yeah yeah he has a he is a time machine he can see into the future i didn't believe wow. it at first is what he said and then you know what i have never wanted to hop out so quickly from a skill i don't <laughs> need to be associated with time travel that is absolutely not a muslim thing we have nothing to do with that. We stay here in the present. <laughs> You're a present person, as we've been saying. Well, welcome, Zara. We love you in your room. So Thank happy you. to have you here. Um, and I want to bring in our other guest for the hour. Uh, uh, she is a Latinx rights advocate and community organizer, co-founder and executive director of Mi Gente, an online organizing tool created to build political organization in the Latinx and Chicanx community, independent of the establishment of the Democratic Party and corporate interests, and to fight for economic, racial, gender, and climate justice. Just everything. Please welcome Marissa Franco. Hey, how are y'all doing? 
Hello, hello. I am the, I'm not trying traveling. I wish I could to speed ahead of the pandemic, but the present here is it's 110 degrees outside. Ooh. So yeah, I'm in the bedroom and the AC is off. So we'll see how I do in here. Oh my God. Yo, turn that bad boy on. I've got mine. That's <laughs> fine. Oh don't, don't buy all, any of that BS about, we can edit it out. It doesn't matter. Also, uh, at some, this is the cue where someone tells you, yeah, but it's dry heat. So it's not bad. <laughs> oh, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. It's dry heat. Like you're in the oven, dry heat. So there's nothing about that that feels pleasant. Sauna, dry heat. So, yeah. well, okay. Never. That's, I don't have a sauna. Unlike Zara and part of her hot tub. I'm now in the hot tub. Just yeah, 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 I like the humidity, you know, <laughs> and the smell of the chlorine. I feel like it, COVID preps me in a way. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, you guys, we start off every episode of this podcast. This is your first time. I'm so happy you both are here. Our first segment is very basic. It's just kind of like a quick little, you know, like when you go to a dinner party and it's like, oh my God, what are you bitching about? Or at least that's always the question I hear in my head. And then I get asked to leave. But <laughs> it is, what are you bitching about this week or just in this <laughs> moment? What you bitching about? Zara, what are you bitching about? Oh, my God. You guys, my husband thought that a fast way to wash herbs, uh -huh, is, herbs. herbs is to put them in soap water. Ugh. What? Like, and I, yeah, Bechdel test, whatever. I'm bringing in my husband. But I'm in quarantine with this fool, okay? And sure, no, no, we're here. You and can't pass the Bechdel test if you tried at this point. <laughs> oh, my God. If you're in a straight what? relationship. What? Like how, as a Persian, like I live on er herbs, herbs, herbaliciousness. I'm just fucking with you about the age. It's, it's for our British compatriots out there. Fuck them. <laughs> I cannot like the, the fact that he wanted to skip ahead of the labor of washing them with this quick fix of soap. Was it like Dawn or dish soap? It was hand soap. It ruined my cilantro. <laughs> well, cilantro already tastes kind of like soap, right? So maybe he was just like, look, cutting out the middleman here. I'm now wondering if it's the cilantro just tasted like soap and I yelled at him for nothing. But that doesn't matter because it's good for him to get yelled at. How about you guys? <laughs> I like this. Marissa, what are you bitching about? Mine is kind of like a circular delayed bitch. Mm. <laughs> That's the best kind of bitch. <laughs> spiral so it somehow connects the friday night the the recent friday night massacre of what's happening at the postal service with the trump donor who was appointed who doesn't know shit about mail who did a reorganization less than 100 days to the election so you know we're paddling up shit creek without a we're without a paddle yeah, um, yeah. And then I just kind of had like a delay kind of ricochet to then like, I look at it from an activist perspective, right? Or an organizer. And so it's like, we are, you know, racking our brains trying to figure out how one, how do you survive long enough in the pandemic to be able Ooh. to vote in November? But then how do you mobilize voters? Like literally it's a headache. It's like, how do you do it? What the hell do we do? Yeah. Like it's just everything kind of all your plans up in smoke. Um, 
And so then I'm just like, yo, there needs to be a division of labor in the progressive movement. And so we're over here trying to figure this out. Mm. But then I look to the liberals and the liberal call to action. I'm still fucking pissed about this Harper's Weekly letter. So the idea amidst the world <laughs> burning, these assholes are, are sad because they're getting called out by somebody on Twitter. Um, mm -hmm. When they're used to being- yeah, What is that? Tells them anything and it's cancel culture. It's like, cancel culture is what you're worried about? How <laughs> about just fucking cancel everything? <laughs> you're about to be living under a fucking full-blown- Yes. And, and so it's like the circular thing, like kind of like, I had like a delayed reaction to the Harper's <laughs> magazine letter. And sure, then sure. Kind of like, like, oh, it's like the sun. You can't look at it, you know, all at yeah. once. You're supposed to, isn't that how you're supposed to look at sun? I don't know. Tell us how to look at the sun. That's the most Trumpian thing about me is that I do look at the sun. But the point is, is you can't, <laughs> you gotta, you know, I totally know those stories where you're like, I can't deal with this. I read the headline. I'm like, nope. And yep. then a couple weeks later, you're like, are you fucking serious? Like right. this, so right. So the post office straight up will be canceled potentially. Mail will be canceled, and we're worried about the other males, mostly males in academia and writing, right. and the elite spheres exactly. being canceled. Exactly. Uh, <laughs> males, dude. I need to get washed out with a fucking cilantro or something after that. It's disgusting. Um, it's soapy. It's so soapy. Someone in the comments says. Jack, Jack Taper says, soak the herbs in vodka. Feels like a waste of vodka. Unless you're infusing like rosemary yeah. vodka. Yeah. In which case, that would be delicious. Um, I'm going to just say, just do the job that you set out to do. Why do you have to transform it into something? Just do the hard work could it be that could it be that he was afraid of it being like infected with covid and the soap part is maybe that of Not course sure. of course I myself well, that was the retroactive excuse obviously i feel like if i didn't catch him there we would be then the next level drinking bleach <laughs> <laughs> i feel like i saved us all the cilantro's just white you're like what the fuck <laughs> Picking cilantro off the stem, let's not get into it. That's one of the harder tasks. It's a lot. It's like very, I'm, I mean, you know, it's not as hard as like most it's other meditative. things. It's meditative. Yeah, yeah for sure. Um, I'm bitching about something like also gigantic. It's just like I, how, what, it's August. It's the first week of August. Um, March, April, May, June, July. It's five months for us in quarantine, in sheltering oh in God. place, supposedly. Um, and 150,000 people have died. Uh, five million people have COVID. And I'm just like, wow. You want to talk about capitalism's death count? Here it is, motherfuckers. Like, I'm sick and tired of the socialism's death count, socialism, communism, X, Y, and Z. Like mm. we never problematize mm. what is happening in this country and what, what happens under capitalist regimes as capitalist death count. This is the death count. It is go to work, mm. go to school. Um, everything is fine and normal because the almighty market gods must be fed their daily sacrifice of human flesh meat, you know? And like, this is where we are. And so- you know, if anyone actually asks you, you know, you know, like, or talks about socialism in this way. Now, look, we're not comparing body counts. I don't want to get into that game at all. That's like, I'm not trying to do a whataboutism, but I'm like, motherfuckers, socialism is about 
universal health care and education and college and, you know, safe communities and actual communities, housing. Uh, this is runaway extremist vulture capitalist bullshit right now. But Francesca, what is the democratic platform? <laughs> um, good point. Uh, not, like it's it's a, just a strong handshake. It's a strong <laughs> Biden bony handshake. That's what it is. And that's all you need because it's actually better than what's going on right now. Somehow. Yeah, that's I was going to say, that sounds good too. That's just a, mm, hello, good to meet you. Like, why is this 80 year old? Like, just, it's too this strong. Word, Marissa, have you met Biden in person? A neon, in a neon sign, malarkey just flashing at oh, you. Oh, yeah, yeah. Malarkey, malarkey. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it's a lot of prune juice and uh, malarkey, and it's great. And then Sorry. you paddle up it. You paddle up and get on board. Paddling through prune juice is a lot easier <laughs> than paddling through shit without a paddle. All right. Um, I'm here uh, for the images. Fuck yeah. Me too. Um, I, I mix metaphors all the time. It's sort of a, <laughs> it's a bad habit. Um, all right, y'all. We are going to move on to our little rundown of the week uh, because obviously uh, news comes at you real fast these days and uh -huh. you don't know what day it is, what time it is, what's going on, what is life, what is time, what is space. This is our segment called The Week Where. Pick in a few news stories you should have caught last week, this week, and, you know, just bringing them to the surface like, a you know, an underwater fart that comes up. And you're like, <laughs> all right, that piece of shit that I forgot about. Hopefully there's not actual shit. It's just a fart. All right, let's get into it. This was The Week Where. Trump. Signed an executive order to ban TikTok within 45 days, the same amount of time it will take me to learn how to use it. <laughs> uh, this move is being called a major escalation between China and the United States. Say what you will about the feud, though. I'm going to say, like, it's a lot better than back in the days when we had, like, nuclear arms races or space races. Like, now it's just a race to see who can create the biggest database of dog-filtered face people, you know? It's like... And also, who knew the prequel to George Orwell's 1984 was just kids doing bad dance choreography? Like, <laughs> Orwell did not see that coming. Like, the Thought Police is, was actually, like, an original type of twerking, originally spelled T-H-O-T, like the Thought Police, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, it gets, it gets darker. Um, China is expected to retaliate, of course, okay. which means brace yourself for access to Trump's draft tweets. You know it's coming. They're going to be released, uh, which I assume is just going to look like uh, the failed drawings of swastikas on the binder of like a 13-year-old named Chad, you know? That's like that. on brand. Yeah. <laughs> Swastika Chad. I'm, Swastika still for, I'm still waiting for the P-tapes. I'm holding out for the P-tapes. Oh, man. I've been waiting. I don't know if China has them, but they could buy them from Russia. I mean... I kind of wonder if the people on TikTok actually even know. You know what I mean? Because TikTok is kind of a hole. I, I spent five minutes there and I did time travel. It was two hours later. <laughs> yeah. I, I get on TikTok to annoy my partner, Matt, 
because he'll look at videos with the sound on. So I'm like, oh, motherfucker, you want to do this? I'm <laughs> through TikTok to annoy the shit out of you. And he's like, stop, 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 stop. It's like, uh, it's, it's very annoying. But I, I will say, if you guys haven't seen this, Kellyanne Conway's daughter oh my God. is on TikTok. I love this story. You heard about this? You heard about this? Yes. And is doing like just, first of all, she's 15 and there's some like, you know, scantily clad like shit that I'm like, I need to not watch this. This is not okay for my, oh, you know, oh, eyes right now. But she's also like, talk about communism or talk about socialism versus capitalism. Go like debate it, <laughs> you know? And, and like, so, like pictures of her crying going like, uh, you think you, your, your troll comments can get to me. My mom's Kellyanne Conway. Like, Oh, what does that mean? God. What does that mean? <laughs> it means she's got the worst. She's got the worst mother to ever have been mother to ever mother. She has. I, I need Bellator. to see this family comedy. I need, <laughs> I need to see. Yeah. Oh man, it's George and Kelly and and little Claudia and a few other kids in there, but they're unimportant. Um, <laughs> the important thing is is Kelly. Kellyanne Conway's daughter, Claudia, just a little glitch in the fucking matrix. And I love it. Um, but anyway, we've got 45 days, y'all. Marissa, you getting on? <sighs> getting on what? What do you mean? Yeah, <laughs> I, I, I do, no, probably not. I'm not. I can't keep up with it, y'all. I can't. You know what it is? I feel like it's filtered. It's like I get the best stuff. It gets brought eventually onto the other platforms. Sure, sure, I sure. trust other people's judgment. I just don't have like the idea of having to learn how to do it. It just makes me tired. I'm saying it'll take 45 days. Oh my uh, God. You guys, you don't have to learn anything. You just lay down and stick your phone in your face and you let algorithms do their job. You just swipe, <laughs> swipe, 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 and you die slowly inside like everybody is already but it's with dancing. Totes. I'm telling you, it's pretty That's my official tutorial. Yeah. Yes. And then, you know, two plus two equals five. That's what you're slowly learning. All right. Moving on. This was the week where New York Attorney General Letitia James filed a civil lawsuit that would effectively dissolve the NRA. The lawsuit says that the NRA improperly spent funds engaging, engaged in self-dealing, made false disclosures to the IRS. And that's just what they were doing while they weren't justifying the death of children or being a funnel for $35 million of dark money into the Trump campaign, most likely from Russia. Uh, I, for one, think that whatever happens, the NRA is not going anywhere. If anything, they're going to come back and maintain their 501c3 status uh, by becoming a religion. They will turn themselves into a religion called pew pewatology or small dick Catholicism or <laughs> the Church of Latter day Mass Shooters. Take yeah. your pick. <laughs> yeah. That, yeah. The, I really I'm, like pew pewatology, but I feel like it's long. Man, my barometer for like what if is broken, dude. <laughs> Just like, yes, yes, yes. <laughs> I'm okay. Sure. You what know else? They, I mean, it already is a religion, gun worship. So it's just we're almost there. Anything to keep the money flowing. Get Wayne Lapierre back to his Bahamas vacations on his private jets, because um, that's apparently what he was doing with them. Mm. The, the nascent gun owner in me is very angry. 
Is there, as I've never shot a gun. You guys shot a gun? Are you gonna, is it gonna be that moment where you're like, you shoot one and you're like, oh my God, I get it now. <laughs> yeah, I shot, I've shot a gun before. I went to like a handgun range. And uh, I mean, my neck really hurt after. It's a lot of stress. You contract really tightly and uh, it sucks. Yeah, it's, it like, you just, the backfire yeah. goes all Unpleasant. in you know what's so much better is a government that functions so you don't need a gun. That's really, I'm really more about that. How about you guys? I mean, out here, I'll just say they have um, ladies night at the shooting range, ladies night happy hour. So that's kind of the situation that I'm dealing with out here. And so you have to go Arizona. as part of your work as an organizer. <laughs> Man, I, like, I just never been about it. I don't know. I'm kind of more of the like, you're coming for me. Okay. <laughs> I guess. Oh, I'm not saying I go. I'm saying that's the situation where I'm Oh, at. yeah, yeah. That's that's what you're working with in Phoenix. Yes. Yes. I it. don't envy you. Um, all right. Moving on. This was the week where Republican Representative Louis Gohmert who had regularly been showing up to congressional meetings without a mask, tested positive for coronavirus. Now, Gomert is, in fact, blaming the times he did wear a mask as the reason he has COVID, saying that he touched his face more with a mask on. Um, that's like saying the reason you're pregnant is because I was wearing a condom and I, like, I couldn't focus <laughs> and I couldn't take it off. <laughs> uh, Louis Gohmert not learning his own very obvious life lesson is like if Ebenezer Scrooge actually went through the entire visitation of three spirits and then at the end was like no that was all just an undigested bit of beef and the poor <laughs> still deserve to starve on Christmas day <laughs> what the hell man I just don't I mean I don't know I, I feel like even just like Herman Cain died after going to the Oklahoma rally and it's just like, what nothing. else do you need? What else do you need? Like, I don't, I, yeah, it's just, I don't, I don't even, I don't. Well, I the market's still hungry. Just like, nom, 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 nom. Me still want more human sacrifice. Bring me the big orange one. <laughs> I, get I me know. the orange. These, this is what I'm saying. These guys, there's no point. Like you keep waiting like that show where you're like waiting for that plot twist of when are they going to take responsibility? Never. They're never going to. That's yeah. how the show keeps going. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, dude. I mean, I don't watch Walking Dead, but it does feel like we're in sort of this endless like, why do we always make the wrong decisions? Oh, that's mm -hmm. the point. Got it. Got it. Got it. Got it. Got it. Exactly. Destabilization. One at a time, and now the fucking mail. Um, <laughs> this was the week where progressives, hey, won key primary victories in Michigan. Representative Rashida Tlaib handily won her reelection, and Ferguson BLM organizer, former pastor, nurse, and single mom Corey Bush beat 10 term incumbent William Lacey Clay Jr. in Missouri. Um, Clay tried to paint Corey Bush as a radical who endorsed Bernie Sanders and supports boycott, divestment, and sanctions against Israel. And Corey was like, yep, uh-huh, I do, yep. And so it backfired. Um, I'm honestly, like, of all this, like, I'm just so happy that the most popular politician with the last name Bush is a black woman. And now, if anyone asks me about the Bush family, I'm 
just going to refer to Corey and her kids uh, and her family. I wonder what she's doing because that's the Bush dynasty that I care about. I'm so here for that. And oh, I would like to funny. add the hot take. Hot take. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Rashida. Woo! Yes, yes, yes. yes. I'm so happy. And Ilhan Omar's election is coming up this week. I am not worried about that one, but there is a lot of money pouring into the other side. But I mean, you know, you just do a cursory search and it's like, you know, everyone from the New York Times to the Atlantic to other, you know, liberal rags. But the point is, is that everyone's like, are the progressives here to stay? And you're like, <laughs> yeah, they are. They're, they're winning. They're winning and they are here to stay. Uh, wake up Nancy Pelosi, take off the Manolos, put on some... <laughs> Fucking Crocs or get whatever. Get that paddle. Let's get moving. Get that paddle, girl. We need you. Um, ac actually, we don't. If you could just stay <laughs> on the bank. Just just stay on the bank and be like, you're doing great. <laughs> uh, finally, in climate news. This was the week where the last Canadian ice shelf bigger than the island of Manhattan oh. collapsed due to rising temperatures. And my mom wants to be a grandmother for some reason. <laughs> Why? Uh, I wish that the actual island of Manhattan had collapsed into the ocean instead. Um, honestly, penguins greater than dirty pigeons and Wall Street bros. Uh, also... You can keep Brooklyn. That'll still be around. That's fine. You don't need Manhattan. Manhattan is just a series of shake shacks. It's just dirty <laughs> pigeons, Wall Street bros, tourists, and shake shacks. Okay? We can we can get Broadway and just replace, just bring it to Hollywood. All right? <laughs> bring it to this cesspool. Guess what my Broadway show is called? What? Destabilization. <laughs> Going back to it. Oh my god! Um, it'll be great. It'll start. The first number is neoliberalism. <laughs> da, da, da. Yeah, yeah. Everyone will stick. It'll it'll be the new Hamilton. Kids hate Hamilton now. That's why we need TikTok to tell us what to think about new things and old yeah. things. This ice shelf was that the ice shelf collapsing? That was my like. I'm I'm here in body mm -hmm. inside. It's just an empty attic. I don't have anything when that happened. I don't like Antarctica hit 73 like degrees. Yes. I, I I got nothing. Yeah. I mean, what do you even say to that? What can you even say to the sound of falling ice? Destabilization. You know, this musical is really writing itself. Oh, already. it's going to be great. It'll be yeah. great. Uh, yeah. Second act collapse. Um, rebuild. Is there a rebuild act? Oh, definitely. The Rebuild Act goes, save the post office. That's an emergency. Have a post office. We're a first world nation, I thought. <laughs> <laughs> tight, 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 tight. I like it. I like it. I like it. Um, yeah, I was, you know, there were a few years ago, there was like a, a photo or a video of these like walruses, just like a mass group of walruses that couldn't find ice to like latch onto and live on and and they were like you know uh clearly in 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 under duress these were stressed out walruses and i at that moment knew i was like i would give my life for a walrus straight up like if a walrus could live and i had to die yes 
if I could just freaky Friday that and like a walrus could do my job, just be here fucking podcasting. Oh, damn. You know, I um, that's really you're presenting me with a dilemma here. Which would I listen to more? <laughs> Francesca's podcast as a walrus. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or the walrus inhabiting Francesca in the vituation room. <laughs> that's Isn't a podcast that- paradox. Yo, he, he, I mean, even if he or she or they take it into a right wing direction, I don't care, boo. That's, that's on you. <laughs> like, you got life could be, now. Could be a libertarian. Could be a libertarian. Definitely a libertarian. <laughs> With the gun dogma, the gun religion. It's fine. It's fine. It'll just be you like guns at those teeth. Yeah. Or, or you, don't, arr, arr. you just flash them. It'll just be like the sound of just <laughs> like on the mic, you know, just like eating a fucking fish. And that'll be worth it because who am I? I'm a fucking one more human. Who cares? Walruses. I am really turned on by that noise you made. Can you do it again? Oh, some <laughs> ASMR walrus shit. <laughs> All right. That's enough. I make a stupid face when we do that, you guys. You're going to have to be fucking patrons to get the walrus bonus content. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And that was the week where, y'all. Yay! We made it. We made it out. (laughs) We made it out. Now there's no more news. Thank fuck. Now there's, there's only analysis. You guys, we are taking your tips, taking your money. And I forgot to announce what the handle was. It is TBR-Live on Venmo, TBR-Live on Cash App. We're donating so that incarcerated people can have protections while they have to live in tiny, tiny cells with one another and not enough precautions are being taken to keep them safe under COVID. Uh, It's a fucking crisis. Humanitarian crisis is ridiculous. Um, They need that support. So tip us. It helps this show. It helps them. And you guys have been so great in the past. I'm so, so thankful of everything you've given. one of those groups that we did give a little mini, a little bit of money to was Mi Gente, which is the group, is the organization that Marissa Franco is the national director of. And Marissa, I have so many questions for you because, um, well, you are obviously the national director of this awesome organization, but you also were on a Bernie Biden task force on immigration specifically trying to get some of the more progressive um uh kind of transformational policies onto the biden platform so i want to ask you all about that um but first you know mi gente's done incredible work around immigration justice getting tech out of business with ice shutting down detention centers run by geo group right which is this you know private uh company they're obviously crazy windfall under trump Um, You guys are doing great, badass grassroots work. And I think one of the things uh, that you guys talk about is sort of shifting, shifting the paradigm and the narrative around immigration towards racial justice. And I feel like starting with some of the like 2006 major mobilizations um, around like immigrant rights and workers' rights, and then continuing on with the the DACA protests and uh, that happened under Obama. Like we've seen this incredible grassroots reshifting of that, of this narrative around illegals versus human beings. Um, What, Mm -hmm. how do you talk about that? uh, Making sure that we have that narrative shift. Yeah, well, first, thanks for having me on. Um, yeah. <laughs> our, I mean, I think that where 
to me, so I don't come out of the immigrant rights movement. Um, my organizing just, I, I did different kinds of organizing. And one of the things that was marked to me was this feeling of like, you know, the, 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 the way that immigrants were branded, like the way that immigrant rights movement, like the demands, the care, the tone, um, the way, like, really, like there was this, this underlying, um, in this underlying effort to make immigrants more palpable, um, and to really have an argument that's like, what's in it for Americans? You know, mm. look how much we pay in taxes. Look how much we contribute. We don't commit crimes. Um, look at the, the, you know, Val Victorian of Harvard. Look, this person, uh, you know. So that's kind of been, I think, the the approach. And it hasn't worked. Um, it hasn't worked at all. In fact, it's been a resounding failure. Um, because the situation has gotten worse over the you know the period that you're talking about, while there has been um, advances, it's been amidst really you know really from from 9/11 um, and the creation of Department of Homeland Security, this um, you know this this kind of security first enforcement first approach. Right. Um, but in that making it palpable, there's this complete disavow I think of racism and the and the racist legacy of this country and so I think one of the ways that we've tried to intervene on that is to cultivate this idea that our fates are linked with other marginalized people um, with other people who are othered in this mm -hmm. country um, like black folks like queer folks like poor folks like indigenous folks and and really you know presenting a case that like all these different you know uh, strategies, these approaches haven't really gotten us super far. Um, you know, this, this idea that, you know, I think, I think when it comes down to it, people like the idea of like immigrants working for them. They like the idea of immigrants serving them. They like to right. consume the culture of the countries where immigrants come from, but they don't want them living on their block. They don't want them dating their children. They don't want them, um, you know, going to their children's school. And yeah. so it's really trying to cultivate, um, you know, like how do we show up to places like Washington DC, not on our, not on our hands and knees kind of like begging, but like hold our head up high and retake our own humanity um, and understand the history of this country and understand that, that our own lineage as people who come from immigrants um, and, and really coming from a position of like seizing our own humanity, um, owning our own power and, and really moving from a kind of a posture of self-determination, recognizing that yes, it is, you know, not having papers, not having legal status is a huge, huge impediment. But the second that we stop and look and see that it's not just about papers, it's actually about skin color, it's about being othered, um, then, then we have an opportunity to join a much bigger fight, a much broader coalition that's looking for much broader change. And I think that, it's about then how, what are the particular fights that we take on inside of the immigrant rights movement? And then how willing are we to, to roll with other movements and other communities and not just kind of stay in that lane? Yeah. Yes. Just like, right. I mean, it's, it's such, it's so myopic and short-sighted to be like the goal of this movement is to be in the model minority category. Like, right. no, fuck that, you know, is, uh, that's, that's not good either, you know? Um, and I think Maurice Mitchell of Working Families Party tweeted something mm -hmm. recently 
based on the George Floyd, you know, full video of the arrest, um, uh, the, like the the dashboard cam, et cetera. And just like, again, reiterating, and this, the thing that struck me so much is that George Floyd's crying as he's being approached and the way that if he were white, he would be treated differently. And it doesn't matter, you know, again, you could be like, again, the president of the birdwatching society in Central Park or whatever. It doesn't matter all the accolades that you have when so much systemic racism um, exists against you. And so you could, you could work, 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 work for all that. And it, it, it won't change. Um, all right. I wanted to, but I wanted to ask you, obviously you, mi gente endorsed Bernie Sanders. And I remember when you endorsed Bernie Sanders, it was like, we're picking like, um, our target, our target. Exactly. Thank you. I was going to say foe, but I'm like, no, no, no it was better than that. We're, <laughs> our target. we're picking who we feel like we want to push in, you know, in the White House um, and not like our BFF or someone who we think is perfect in every single way, uh, then Bernie didn't, you know, get, win the nomination. Um, I, how has that been? Like, how was the nomination, how was the endorsement process of, to like, why, why Bernie Sanders and how was that? And then how has it been pivoting after this kind of crushing, I think, no matter who you were for, because God damn it, the Biden camp was surely the least energetic. You know, after this like crushing defeat, how has it been kind of pivoting your organization and sort of the mindset from this like strategic movement perspective? Yeah, if we could do another round of like, what are you bitching about? I would <laughs> definitely go into <laughs> like post primary and like what happened during, because I have a lot of things I would bitch about. Um, the whole thing's a bitch sesh, baby. Uh, we, you, should, you should really do a, you should do, after the DNC, you should do a primary bitch, like, situation <laughs> oh, room. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> It'll just be a scream room, mostly. No, I mean, uh, I think that, like, I don't, we, you know, I don't come out of, like, electoral organizing. Um, definitely, if there's the ballot and the bullhorn, I'm all bullhorn. Um but I'm also like, you know, when we built Mi Gente, we were like, yo, like there's there's really not a lot of infrastructure that's like bringing in Latinx people to take action on the problems that are happening at the local level and in all the way up to the federal level. Um, and so part of it is both like, what do we think is going to work? Well, it's not just one thing that's going to work. We've got to try everything. And so we want to bring together the people that are like, the answer is voter mobilization or voter blah, 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 register people. And they're like, kind of like the same, you know, that, that person, I don't know if y'all right, right. that they're like, always the same thing. Then everybody kind of groans and then it goes on to the next person. That's like, fuck the state, fuck everything. We just need to build a commune. Like I do a community garden and the world is anew and everything's fake. <laughs> and then, and how you know, you know, and then the third that's like super granular, like policy, you know, fighting against something, fighting for something, which I think is kind of the totality of, I think like a lot of the progressive movement is fighting for and against policies. Um, and so we really said, well, how do we bring all these people together? Um, and it's like, yo, stop being a little brat. Basically, like, you know, it's US chauvinism that like, 
in activist circles, it happens where like, oh, you're not, oh, for real, you're not, you don't believe in my strategy. Okay, let me take my toys and go home. Mm-hmm. And like, actually look at examples of places in the global South, of movies in the global South that are equally like doing land takeover and running people for president. Like it can be done. It should be done. We should not, we should not cede anything. Yeah. And so yeah. we have to contend for power on all fronts. And I think that was like on a foundational level, like, what we're trying to inoculate in young Latinx people. Latinx people are the youngest demographic in this country. Um, And so it's like, how are we very intentionally modeling? Like, what does it mean to have a radical politic that's deeply like practical and like, and engages with with the world as it is. And so, um, you know, we, I think a lot of us had a lot of feelings about 2016 and, you know, like having like the feeling like, ah, Clinton's going to win. It's going to be the same thing always. Mm. Um, and then seeing Trump win and like really seeing like painfully, like what ha- like elections matter, you know? And so both for like the health of me and like political maturity is like, yo, and like movements, people need a debate. We need to be able to debate and pick something and, and hold that it's not perfect. There is this like utopic, shit in movement that's you know kind of annoying so we picked bernie um it was our first presidential um pick i think bernie did tremendous work the bernie campaign did tremendous work mobilizing latinos um and i think it showed in our process and it's been um i think it's been a really beneficial process both for like the political maturity of the organization and the different opportunities and relationships it's allowed us to build so i think overall um, we're obviously not happy about the outcome, but we don't have regrets about, you know, our, our endorsement and how we went about it. Yeah. And, and that led you to, you've, you spoke at rallies and Bernie picked you to be on this task force, right? So after mm-hmm. he lost, there was a series of awkward boomer zoomer conversations between Bernie and Biden and it was like, you know, Bernie, I really appreciate you. I want to be the most progressive the <laughs> candidate or president since that, that pause was intentional um, since FDR. And Bernie was like, OK, we'll see about that anyway. Um, it can be FDR. Uh, I was supposed to be FDR. But but then there were these task forces around yeah. climate justice, around um, health care and around immigration, and you were on it. And I'm so curious as to how that went and whether you felt like it was um, like a an honest process to really listen to progressive voices and people who were on the Bernie side. Um, yeah, there was, it was five people picked by the Biden campaign and then three picked by the Bernie Sanders campaign. So, you know, and I mean, so it was like, you know, um, you got to chalk it up to the game. Uh, we definitely didn't have numbers, but we did have leverage. So right. I thought it was a super smart move on be on the part of the Sanders campaign, both because it was like, yeah, they, they can have that little, like, what's she going to, you know, I'm going to commit to this. Oh yeah, for real. I want you to do this. Ah, I'm not going to do, you know, they have their own negotiation, but, but like what Bernie basically did, it was like, cool, but let me bring in all these other people that we're going to have this very public, you know, process to build unity. And, and then, so he told us like, yo, we're not, you're not going to get everything, but we're going to the table and like, how do we keep pushing forward? So everybody was kind of like, all right, cool. You know, like people felt like it was, you know, worth it to try. 
because the other side of it, yo, is like the thing has been like, what do you do with with Trump on the other side? Like, what? How do you actually push Biden to the left? Um, when like, if you really damage him, you're looking at kind of strengthening Trump's hand. Like, that's a really difficult political pickle. So, um, I think that um, given that, I think that. Some, something I heard, I guess what I'll say about the process is something I heard about um, Biden that I thought was interesting is that he is moving like a party leader and not an ideological leader. Mm-hmm. So like what I felt compelled was that like, you know, for better, I, I agree with most of it. Right. But like Bernie and, and, and um, Bernie Sanders, and Elizabeth Warren, Hillary Clinton are very rigid in terms of what they think by their mm-hmm. ideology and their policies. Like I might agree, but they're very clear. Biden's not really that way. Like he's not going to move on anything that he already agreed, to, like he already says a position on, but everything else was pretty fair game. Um, and I thought the process was, was, you know, was what I expected. Um, I didn't expect them to like, you know, do everything we wanted. Um, it's going to be a fight. It was a fight. And, and there's going to be a fight as, as we move on. Um, but overall I thought it was a good, it was a good move by, by by the Sanders campaign to push for it and to include all these activists. And I think the Biden campaign in agreeing to do it and, you know, promoting it the way they did, I think it was a good faith effort to show some level of unity and recognize, as you said at the beginning of the show, the growing power of progressives. Yeah. I I just want to read some of the the wins that you got out of it and ask you what was left on the table. Mm-hmm. Um, establishing a 100-day moratorium on deportations, including a full ICE audit, ending private detention, huge, ending 287G and similar programs. What is that? 287G is basically when local cops become immigration agents. Oh, fun. It's a program. So it really sucks. So it's really good that it'll be gone. Right. Wow. Yeah, that's huge. Um, so it's like essentially everywhere it might be a sanctuary type city. Ish. Well, yeah. Well, it's. I mean, not to get into the weeds, but ish. Yes. Ish. Thank you. You know, ish <laughs> is only sometimes eating a nice ish. Um, exactly. ending. <laughs> ending up. Yeah, this is the issuation show uh, room. Um, ending the infamous Operation Streamline, which basically. It treats anyone who enters the country illegally as a criminal. Um, free health care for all people, regardless of Im- immigration status, during this public health crisis. And then retiring some old slogans and solutions that have not served us and do not meet the moment. Did you guys haggle over the slogan? Mo- you guys yeah. have a new, is there a new slogan? No, no new slogan. We just told them to stop, like, you know bury it underground comprehend this this comprehensive immigration reform as a slogan as a strategy as a legislation mm-hmm. like it fucking sucks and it really pisses people off so stop saying it saying comprehensive immigration reform yes because that's basically what every politician that says i'm gonna pass comprehensive comprehensive immigration reform. what the fuck does that mean no one knows and and it, what it what it's become over time is like you know, the Democrats are getting this much and then the Republicans in order to get, you know, to get them on board, get this much. And then they still don't vote for it because you don't have power in Congress to make it happen. And so meanwhile, they've, you know, completely railroaded us on other stuff. So it's Mm -hmm. just like, that was a failure, put it to bed, you know, it's done. So replace it with aquí estamos y no nos vamos. Algo así. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) 
Um, what it, what it was left on the table? Abolishing ICE. Yes, I mean dismantling dismantling DHS was talked about. Um, there was like folks who are pushing to make USCIS, which just like laymen is like when people are getting their citizenship or um, you know their green card or DACA, they go through this agency that's USCIS. I don't remember what the acronym is, but there was like a push: hey, take them out of DHS and make them their own cabinet position. Yeah. Um, you know, the cabinet of welcoming, whatever. Um, and so there was talk about it, but yeah, obviously that was going to be a very huge endeavor that they weren't going to go for. Um, the biggest, 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 biggest thing I think we did not get, and they were very much not in a place to move was surveillance. So for us, like with the no tech for ice campaign and the growing role that data and technology companies are playing in policing and in immigration enforcement, there was very little room, very little motion. And I think indicative of where things are going. I think we should all be very clear that as we win advances in um, you know, defunding the police or decarcerate or dismantle or ball, like whatever advances we make, they're pivoting towards, you know, um, you know, more data or technology-based forms of state control, just real talk. And when you look at who's big donors for the Democratic Party, it is a lot of folks in Silicon Valley whose business is some of this type of stuff. So a palantir. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's like uh, no, no, cool. We don't need a wall. <laughs> We've got you. You're in, we're in your pocket. The fucking eyes, the eyes of Sauron. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, we yeah. got a giant eye. That's, that's cool. what it is. It is. Um, I know. I feel like, again, this TikTok thing is just reminding me that, and this whole bid to like sell it off to Microsoft is just like, oh, that's the future. Just being, you know, a pawn and like a ping pong ball between two giant totalitarian states that want to vie for all of our data, i.e. Con mind control. Great. You know, like, is that... Is that what it is? Is that where we're at? But I, but that's interesting that it was like, nope, we need that money. Mm -mm, mm -mm, mm -mm. <laughs> Destabilization. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, look, I think that it seems like, for, and this is from the outside, obviously, it seems like when it comes to the immigration task force, it was like, you know, everyone's divvying up to, into like Biden, Bernie groups, you know, don't share each other's work or whatever, like heads down. And you guys kind of won this project because I think other teams weren't as successful on some of the, you know, some of the policy points, not all of them, but some of them I think were harder. And I feel like that's evidenced by the DNC voting against Medicare for all, for example. Um, as like, they're not willing to go there type thing. I mean, it's a little more complicated. So as I said before, he wouldn't, they, what they wouldn't move on. And just to be clear, this wasn't an, I, my experience of it wasn't an independent process. So yeah. part of like what I was, when I, when I was coming out of it was like, yo, this is consolidated. We need to treat this as like, do not take this. We can't take this as like, oh, we're going to review it and decide no full y'all were vetting it throughout the process. So this better damn well be the ground floor of what we're going to fight from. I still think that's a fight. The thing about the thing about the immigration versus healthcare is like, 
Biden had a really clear position against Medicare for all. Right. And with immigration, the things that like 1325 or decriminalizing migration, like the, the, the policy that um, Julian Castro pushed really hard that they were not movable on that. Not at all. I love, I love Julian Castro. He was great. He was great. And he put that on the map and we were able to like move inches forward. Um, So I'll just say like the things, I guess by and large, like, that the, our thing is going to be like, he doesn't want to talk about immigration now. So I would say like the group, the, the task force that came out, like kind of got the most and, and it's moving is climate because yeah, they yeah, yeah. both were able, they still didn't get green new deal, obviously, but like they got all these like kind of like scaffolding little demands that get you closer. Um, and, and where like Medicare for all, they're just like not willing to move because they ran against it. Um, the fight with immigration is going to be, does he talk about it? Because Trump wants to make this about immigration. Oh, Biden doesn't want to talk about immigration. And so our fight's going to be like, we want to make sure. So we got some stuff. Are they going to do it? Are they going to commit to it? And what, if he wins, is he going to implement it? And I think that's the most important thing that we should be doing in this time, in addition to making sure that we survive. <laughs> And and you, your organization, I mean, I was looking at your statements about this, this this task force and it seems firm. We're not going back on these agreements an inch, I believe, was what the official statement is from your side. And that's great. What is that? I mean, like, I think this is what happens on the left a lot, especially online lefties who are like the disorganized left. You know, they don't really have a party or a movement or a particular struggle that they're in, which is like sort of throwing up our hands before we even fight for something, you know? So it's like, oh, he's not going to make good on the promises. And it's like, yeah, but we have, you have to make sure that he has to, right? There has to be some sort of demand. Otherwise there's no way there, there, there's no reason to make good on any of the commitments. Yeah, I think the big push is, um, aside from just the election push, is the 100-day moratorium. If we get them to stop deportations for 100 days and then have this audit, that is like open the floodgates for like everything that people have gone through over the last several years, looking at what was the impacts of the Muslim and African ban, looking at the impacts of the border militarization, um, not only during the Trump administration, but before, um, and really get the immigrant rights movement and immigrant communities. Like there's a little bit of light at the end of the tunnel. Um, And and it's almost like, I kind of feel like it's smelling salts um, a little bit (laughs) of just like, cause people have been under such attack and they're just so tired. Yeah. Um, And so I think that's, that's kind of where we're looking at this is like push for those hundred days and then just, it's a hundred day sprint um, and fucking go ham, just go ham. Like, right, right, right. First hundred days. If we ever get there, if this this motherfucker actually, you know, leaves office, which I wanted to ask and a couple of commenters, and I'm sorry I can't get to everyone's comments, um, but one, which I think was on my mind, Aldo on Facebook asks, um, how do you see the future if Trump is reelected, especially from the perspective of, you know, the Latinx community? Um. I have to be, I'm an organizer, so I have to have some level of optimism. So (laughs) I'm kind of thinking about it like COVID where it's like, 
okay, this really fucking sucks. Shelter in place. I hate it. I hate the mask. I hate everything. But like, oh, wow, I'm really enjoying nature. I'm picking up bike riding. (laughs) (laughs) Kind of imagine that. 110 degree heat. (laughs) Yeah. But like, um, I think it's going to be incredibly difficult. Um, And, but I do think the other side of it is it's going to be incredibly politicizing. Um, And for the Latinx community in particular is like, no, no, no. Right. It's not, you know, just work hard and put your head down and everything's going to be fine. Just get your papers and you're good. Um, There is no ascending to whiteness um, in, 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 under like Trump style authoritarianism. And I think um, that will be the opportunity, but it will be very painful and very, very difficult. Um, And I don't, I think what I can say after four years of Trump is um, all you you can't really plan. All you can do is prepare. Mm. Wow. I don't even have an earthquake kit. (laughs) I was sorry. You got an earthquake kit over there. Yeah, man. I mean, I did this emotional work in 2016 because Mm -hmm. I am an Iranian um, and I have heard I'm Iranian American. I've heard the stories of my relatives um, of families who uh, escaped barely of families who lived through it. And my family that's still there. Um, and you know, we hear all this time travel, you know, of like, is it going to be 1979 or 1978 Iran? Is it going to be 1929 Berlin? I think in these times where we are up against so much stress and so much strife, we get so tired that we sometimes do the vision work of the villain. Mm. And we want to give up because if we can give up, if we can let go, if we can say nothing I can do will matter, nothing I can do will change it, then we can get a break and we can rest. Yeah. I think the most important thing that we can do is to not time travel, stay in the moment, stay here in 2020, United States of America and hold the line. No, no, no New Zealand for you then no because i'm really looking it's looking good right now listen man the world is small this shit is gonna travel these movements are everywhere it will not end here there's nowhere this world is so small there's nowhere in this tech age that we live in that we can flee to we all are going to have to contend with this For sure. I I just, I feel like, you know, going back to Cardi B where we started this, I started this podcast talking about WAP um, (laughs) is she said before the 2016 election, like, stop gassing him, stop gassing Trump, just stop it. Like, stop, like keep on future tripping about what is going to happen. And like, I think especially the media gassed Trump so much and just overinflated him, obviously gave him, you know, whatever the billions of dollars of free advertising was. And I think there's a sort of disgusting fascination with how bad can it get? And I think we know now we know, Mm -hmm. um, and it can get worse. Mm -hmm. And my fear, if there is a reelection, I think it will be politicizing. Obviously we know it will be. My fear is that the, it'll be too much for folks and that the, the response is, once again, bury my head and kind of like descend into, you know, Egypt's present day almost, or like under a military dictatorship where you're just kind of like, well, if I don't stick right. my neck out, you know, I'll be fine. Disappear, right. disappear, disappear, <laughs> disappear. You know, that kind of level of, of repression. Um, yeah. But you know, what solves all of that is FOMO. So if we're <laughs> like, 
I'm not, I'm not ducking my head. I'm not sticking my head down. No, I'm, I'm going to be a part of this. I'm going to be here in the present moment. I'm going to meet this. Right. I'm going to take care of myself. I'm going to find support. I'm going to find my squad and we're a part. Yeah. And then that's a movement that's kinetic that people will join. You know, everyone wants to let go, but we got to hold the line of democracy. Absolutely. I mean, Marissa, I think you, you've been in this work for a long time. I've been, I feel like I've been adjacent and or in the work and trying to make movements sexy enough so that there is FOMO is always the hard part of like, mm. hey, don't you want to be in this meeting forever? Yeah, <laughs> we got the walrus. Come on. What are you talking about? Yeah. We don't have sexy. We brought a walrus for you. And uh, there's pretzels and orange juice. You don't have to give blood, but we will take it. Uh, <laughs> we'll take your, your blood mostly and your time. Anyway. Uh, Marissa, thank you so much. I want you back on this podcast because you're you're great. Um, and uh, thank you for explaining it and breaking it down for us. I, I know there are more questions. We got to talk about the post office. Oh, we got to oh do God. this. We have a, a tradition on the Habituation Room podcast, which is new segment, uh, first time. And every episode we've got a new segment usually. And our new segment for our final little outro is called Extreme Postal Makeover. Yeah! And that is because, as Marissa alluded to earlier, the head of the Postal Service, who is a Trump donor, but not like a big Chamber of Commerce or Ambassador Sondland type donor, probably like $100,000 last pick, either like head of the EPA or Postal Service or like some <laughs> national garbage collection <laughs> shit, you know? And he's like, he's like, okay, fine, Postal Service. Um, he is trying to reorganize the post office. He is reorganizing it, giving himself more power, reassigning or displacing 23 USPS executives. Uh, among the targets are the are two top executives who oversee daily operations at the Postal Service. And it's funny timing because we have an election coming up and Trump is railing on mail-in ballots as if they are undemocratic slash uh, will get Democrats elected. Um, so... Given all that, how do we reorganize the post office? What would you do to make the post office um, sexy, fun, flirty, amazing, so that people pay more attention to it and that it was protected? It doesn't have to be sexy, fun, or flirty. Just how do we protect and serve the post office in the year 2020 when Bezos can straight up drone deliver our tampons to us <laughs> man so the, is this both of us this is the challenge for it's both for of all us? of us for, right? okay yeah yeah okay i'm ready i'm, I'm ready. ready because these the, the what is the opposite of destabilization infrastructure <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah that's that's the sequel Post office you're so sexy you have a thing called privacy in an envelope did you know email is like a postcard everybody reads <laughs> it on its way out wow <laughs> it's physical <laughs> how about that it's local it's physical and it's gonna get rid of a president so infrastructure, what is this? This is, you, MZ think, you, think, you think infrastructure is sexy? Oh my God, Snail I am so turned sexy. on. Right, Snail what? Sexy. Snail mail is sexy. Snail mail is so sexy. When was the last time you got like a handwritten letter? Like, oh my God, that's so hot. And the strokes, right? Yep. The yep. strokes. I mean, and just the movement of a snail is just like slow and heavy and slimy. 
Yeah, it's been a long, long time. The last handwritten letter, <laughs> I was looking through my old stuff and my ex, my ex-ex, I think Marissa, you know him. Um, I got a handwritten letter. I've, I saw a handwritten letter from him. And I was like, oh, shit. And it was very, very cute and adorable. And I realized why I saved it. It was like one of the good ones. It was a... With Saul, and I was like, we should get back together, JK. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so, so I had a couple of little, like, very kind of maybe more from like a, I don't know. I started thinking about the paleteros and the ice cream, the ice cream trucks in my hood growing up. And so I was like, what if you had those little trucks are cool, the little, yeah, the yeah. little delivery yes. trucks? So it's like, what if you kind of had like, you know, and everybody's home right now, everybody's mm-hmm. chilling. Like mm-hmm. I want nothing more than like a street, like a like I want to be in a mosh pit with music. What if the postal service like delivery was like a booming like music, like just a boombox, not a boombox, yes. but like a system, yes. and like just like when it's rolling through, it's like playing music. Yeah, and there's like, some holes in this house. There's some holes <laughs> in this house. I thought about like shouting, shouting out "Color of Change." Um, yes, we have done away. They've been fighting to get that that show "Cops." taken off the air so it's like what if you replace cops with like usps oh my god that show needs to go (gasps) yes that's genius yeah like boys yeah like what you know so you bring someone a letter it's like their long lost ex being like do you like me yes or no what happens next you know just like there isn't a reality show based on the usps is fucking ridiculous in 2020 Right. Why not? Why not? Right. And then just like then I was, like, you know, the other thing, just very basic, but like massive jobs, like opening up. There you go. The demand and fucking right now jobs are hella sexy and hella, yes. and hella needed. So that kind of makeover is exact. I mean, that would work. Um, and then the last thing was randomly like kind of like bike messengers and like bike rentals as like a revenue stream. Uh-huh. And then people can like, yeah, I started kind oh, of playing around with that. Yeah. But I'll stop there. But the paletero kind of like boom. She is a policy person. She, she's got solutions. Oh my God. <laughs> boom, um, boom. Mine was so basic. I was just, so I got two ideas. Uh, they're connected. One is I think every post office should have a live bald Eagle in it. and just be like there there's that eagle and it's just like eating like a you know it's like a bone just staring at everyone and a pile of shit under it but but you could get kids to go see the live eagle all the time like oh that's you want to go see the eagle yeah obviously let's mail a letter blah and then if that's not Mm -hmm. like hot enough you know or like just we should make that eagle thick, like with two C's, yeah, and um, get some booty implants. Just like put a butt on it. I would say an eagle with a big there eagle, yes, you know, junk in its trunk, yes. Make that, it. Um, you're uh, genius. That's yeah, the slogan of 2020. Put a butt on it. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Put a butt on it. Um, that's a wet ass eagle, is what I'm saying. <laughs> that's a wet wet ass what are they an an aviary bird what what the fuck kind of animal is a bird (laughs) now i don't know dinosaurs they're dinosaurs i saw oh yeah it's all they're all dinosaurs um 
Marissa, Zara, thank you guys so much for being on the podcast. Thank you. It's been so enlightening. This has been wonderful. Uh, Zara, I'm looking forward to this musical. I'm so ready, Zara. We, we got to make this album, you guys. We got to do it. <laughs> thank you for having me. Thank you so much for giving me hope and an outlet to sing about infrastructure. <laughs> oh yeah, infrastructure week. Yeah, I mean your your idea definitely is the losing idea out of all three. I think, <laughs> but you know, you never Damn look. It. Hamilton. It took a musical for me to give a shit about U.S. history. So, mm. uh, or the founding fathers. So there you go. Um, Zara, where can we find you and your work? You can find me at zaracomedian.com. and uh, you can also catch me in an upcoming episode of United Shades on CNN with W. Kamau Bell. So great. And follow Zara on all the things at Zara Comedy. Thank you for being here. Take good care. And Marissa, where where can we find you? You can find me uh, at Marisa underscore Franco or at Con Mi Gente to follow Mi Gente's work. Yes, please follow Mi Gente's work. Get involved. Um, Yes, just, just stay up on everything that they're doing and all their amazing work. Stay cool out there in Phoenix. Marissa, be well. Thank you. And thank you all for being here. Sherry, Clifford, Ulysses, Andrew, Daniel, Joseph, Dave, uh, Tom, once again, holding down Twitch. Uh, I am Francesca Fiorentini. This has been the Bituation Room. And remember a few, few very key things. Don't just bitch about it. Be about it. Vote. Because John Lewis took a bat to the head for everyone's right to do so. I'm a socialist. I believe in revolution and systemic overhaul. But I am also going to vote for Joe Biden. For strong, handshake, tight-lipped, bony kiss Biden. Because the alternative is this. When young Americans experience the breathtaking beauty of the Grand Canyon, when their eyes widen in amazement as old faithful bursts into the sky, when they gaze upon Yosemites, Yosemites, towering sequoias. It's Yosemite, bitch. Bye.